0: You know, Jesus says things he really shouldn't say. It's really not good for him, you know, kind of sermons he preaches in synagogues. It's not really synagogue talk. So these aren't fables. These are people that were eyewitnesses that, you know, said, you know, he said some things that got him in a lot of trouble.
1: Welcome to this week's First Person interview and our guest, singer, songwriter, and Bible teacher, Michael Card, is going to lead us in a conversation about the Gospel of Luke. We'll get started with Michael in just a few moments. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you are listening on radio, we're grateful for the many stations who now carry First Person, and I hope you'll take the time to thank your station. If you're listening online or with our smartphone app, take a moment to let others know how easy it is to catch each week's interview at your convenience. And a special thank you to the Far East Broadcasting Company for their support. Learn more about FEBC's mission of taking Christ to the world by radio and new media at firstpersoninterview.com. Michael Card is back with us today to continue our series looking at each of the four Gospels. Over the past few months, we've examined Matthew and Mark, and now we come to the Gospel of Luke as we look at both the person of Luke and, more importantly, the person of Jesus as described by Luke. And we jump right into the conversation as Michael introduces us to Dr. Luke.
0: Most doctors in the first century were slaves. Most professional people were slaves. We don't understand what a slave culture is all about. In a slave culture, cuz you know, obviously we had one in America for a long time, you don't aspire to be a doctor or a lawyer in a slave culture, you aspire to do nothing. Right? So in the south we had what we referred to as planter elite. And these are rich white guys who do nothing but, you know, go to parties and and sort of, you know, fritter their lives away. And that's what basically in the first century the same thing. You have a slave culture so that even someone like Pilate Pilate gets all of his work done, you know, early, early in the morning. And the rest of his day is spent in what is referred to as a day of organized leisure in a slave culture. That's how you live. So Mm -hmm. you go to the baths and you get a massage and you exercise at the gym and you go to, you know, a meal. And even the way they eat, they eat at this low table called a triclinium, a three-sided table. You lean on your left elbow and you just eat with one hand. Even that, why do you eat with one hand? It was because the slaves cut the food up. Oh, you know, it's it's a slave culture. And so, um, yeah. So Luke is almost certainly a slave. He has the 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 uh, the job of a slave. Most or lots of lots of doctors were physicians. The emperor Domitian actually closed the medical school in Pergamum to slaves because so many slaves were becoming doctors. Mm-hmm. He he shut it down, and then. Um, he has a slave name. Luke is a slave name. Lucius. It's it's a shortened form of the name Lucian.
1: Lucian. Yeah,
0: okay. and Paul has a has a a relative named Lucian. So this really makes the scholars' heads explode. I'm I'm convinced <laughs> that Lucian. Paul refers to him twice. He his his, uh, his relative Luce, Lucian uh, purchases a slave for Paul. What whatever uh, his uh, his. Uh, Physical problem was whether it was blindness or malaria. We just don't know. He purchases a slave, and to the take slave care was named for the owner. And the the slave. There's two ways to, to name slaves in the first century. You give them a shortened form of your own name, and you can actually develop an ear for this. Paul has lots lots of his companions are slaves. He refers to them as his fellow companions, his uh, his his the his co-workers who are freedmen. He refers to as slaves. So, Paul reverses that whole thing. But one of his men is a guy named Demas. Okay. That's a shortened form of the name Demetrius. Oh. See? So, and Demas is described as a slave. So, so, Luke is a shortened form of the name Lucian. So, he has, a, he has a slave name, he has a slave's occupation. And if you read the gospel looking for it, um, that really becomes kind of the identity of, of uh, so many of the people in his, in his gospel. So many of the parables are, slave, 16 of the 35 parables are slave parables, and the slaves are always the good guys. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, he's very interested in marginal people, in the yeah. poor. Women. In women mm-hmm. who are very marginalized in mm-hmm. Jesus' day. Yeah. Yeah. Have Have you ever heard the, uh, the the passage in Acts where they meet? Read it to it's me. It's really interesting. This is Acts 16. Uh, Paul and his companions travel through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept... By the Holy Spirit, from preaching the word in the province of Asia, now, does that bother you? That really bothers <laughs> mm-hmm. me. So they, the Holy Spirit, prevent kept you from, Asia. from
1: preaching. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. That should bother you, <laughs> them. So listen to the pronouns. So they passed by Mysia, and went to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. So we means Luke has joined them. Mm -hmm. So we that we have this is uh, this is Luke uh, Luke sixteen ten. It's when the we passages begin. So it's all before that. It's they, they, oh, okay. they, 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 and then all of a sudden it's we. And again, so let's let's think about what that means. So the Holy Spirit won't let them go to Asia. The Spirit of Jesus stops them. What's happening? Paul is being funneled to Troas, where he meets Luke. I think that explains that those. That's fascinating. Two. Yeah, I think uh, it's fascinating too.
1: I love it. And that's the kind of detail that we can miss if we just skip over it.
0: Right, you and I have read that passage a hundred times and and never noticed the pronoun shift. But I'll tell you those two unique you know kind of statements, the Holy Spirit stopped them, the spirit of Jesus stopped him. I think we have to develop this sort of attitude when something like that happens, we got to stop and go, "Whoa, what? Mm-hmm. The, the Holy Spirit does not want to go to Asia. Come on. <laughs> And uh, then you realize, ah, something else is going on. And so a Paul- A greater
1: purpose. Yeah. I think
0: Paul and Troas meets, and it's right before they get on a ship. And the other thing we think uh, we believe about Luke is uh, he, was a, he was associated somehow with, maybe he was a ship doctor, uh, because we have uh, a lot of nautical language that's unique in Luke. In fact, the, the best description of ancient shipping in the world is Acts. Hmm. Where they cut the anchors and they, you know, let it head into the wind and all that said, we put out to this. There's lots of uh, lots of technical nautical language, and, and of so, course,
1: there's medical language uh, throughout the Book of Luke that we we do miss that too. W-
0: we do, and it's one. That's one of my favorite parts. Uh, L- Luke's language is uh, he's a very educated person, which you would expect from a, a doctor. And um, he uses, I think there's 700 words that Luke uses that don't appear anyplace else in the New Testament. And he's kind of like my father. My father was a doctor. My father used medical terms when he didn't need to use medical terms. Or he would use medical things when he didn't need to use medical things. I remember him one time driving a, a, a nail into the drywall with his reflex hammer, the hammer that he hits you on the <laughs> knee with, yeah, those are rubber hammers, right? Though, they? <laughs> they're rubber. And the thing it, but the thing is, that's the only hammer my dad had. <laughs> and so Luke will say, "I've carefully autopsied everything from the beginning." Oh, okay. He doesn't need to use that word, but that's the word yeah. he uses. John the Baptist baptizes for the remission of sin. It's the same word we use for the remission of cancer.
1: I remember you also talking about. Um, he was writing down something, and it was the same word as for prescription.
0: That's that's uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Zachariah, uh, John the Baptist's father, he says, "Give me a tablet," and that what the but the word is a prescription tablet. <laughs>
1: maybe we can talk more about that in a minute. Yeah. We're going to assume that Luke was a slave? Yes. We know that he was a medical doctor. Yes. Historian. I mean, he really uh, book yeah. of acts, you know.
0: Yeah, he he's very well he here, here's a great here's a great bet that you'll you know, you'll uh, you'll never lose. Who's responsible for more of the New Testament than than anyone? <laughs> and you know, Luke wrote 28% of the New Testament. Okay. Paul only writes 24%. Ah. So he writes a big chunk of the New Testament. And uh, he is. He's interested in who is the emperor, and uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Isn't it just like a doctor though to really deal with the details and the history? Yes. And he's writing to a lawyer, right? Yeah.
0: We we think uh, we, that's another big question is who is he writing to? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he's writing. Uh, uh, he's he's writing an account that's showing uh, the Romans that Jesus is no threat to them, and that Paul really is no threat to them. We believe that Luke acts as a a cover letter that was written uh, for a collection of Paul's letters that were submitted at his, at his trial. So Theophilus, this mysterious person of mm-hmm. uh we think that he may have been someone who was involved somehow in the trial, maybe a lawyer for Paul or something. We, but we just don't know. There's so much we don't know about these uh, these these documents. So much
1: we don't know yet.
0: Yes, 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 yes. But another interesting thing, though, when, in, in the opening... Uh, Luke tells us that uh, he spoke to eyewitnesses. And uh, if you if you read uh, you, the, the first church historian, Eusebius, you read that there was this concern right around in the 60s and 70s A.D. in the church that we, we, we get the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life because the, the eyewitnesses are dying. They're getting thin on the ground. The first one is Peter. Mark writes Peter's account down. And Luke is very uh, very careful to say, "I spoke to eyewitnesses. These are eyewitness testimonies. I recently got interested in a rabbi named Hillel from the from Jesus period. He's roughly contemporary with Jesus. The first biography of of Hillel was written three hundred years after he was dead. And you read it, and it's legend. See? It's accepted. Read, yeah, sure, and 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 you you conflate these stories, and he sort of walks you know six inches off the ground. But you read the gospels, you know, Jesus says things he really shouldn't say. It's really not good for him, you know, to the kind of sermons he preaches in synagogues. It's not really synagogue talk. So the, these aren't fables. These are people that were eyewitnesses that you know said you know he said some things that got him in a lot of trouble. If it had been written three hundred years after his uh, death. They would have been cleaned up, I think.
1: So interesting to talk to Michael Card about each of the Gospels. Today, the Gospel of Luke, and we'll continue on First Person. This program is listener-supported through your support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Ed Cannon of FEBC with a word of thanks for your prayerful support of what God is doing through radio and media in many countries. For video stories and scripture that will encourage your heart for the Gospel, Please sign up for our 30-day devotional at FirstPersonInterview.com. There's no obligation, and you'll be amazed at what you learn. Go to FirstPersonInterview.com. My guest today is my friend Michael Card as we sit in his studio in Franklin, Tennessee. Thank you for uh, not only this visit, but through the years, the opportunity we've had to come to this wonderful place in Tennessee and to... Record these conversations and, yeah, uh, and on and off the air. You know? Well,
0: I mean, one of the things that really makes this place special is that, you know, you you came here regularly, you and Joe Carlson, and we'd spend a weekend doing shows and yuck it up and have a good time. And yeah. it re- that was really one yeah. of my fondest memories. You
1: introduced me to so many people who become lifelong friends. Yeah. You know, we just had one stop by a moment ago. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam Judd and and uh, so I thank you for that. Mike. No, you're it really, welcome. It uh, it's been rich fellowship and not that it's going to end. No, but the place may change.
0: No, but we're old guys now and it's a little <laughs> different.
1: But we're not <laughs> sitting on the town square counting license plates just yet.
0: Before. Not yet,
1: <laughs> which I know is your dream. <laughs> <laughs> Our focus today is the Gospel according to Luke. This is a, a series of conversations we're having throughout the year with Mike. And I want to remind you that each of these Gospels, Mike has written a book to uh, talk about that Gospel. It's available from University Press, and we'll put links to the, both the book and the, the CD of music that goes with the, the study of each individual Gospel. We'll put information about that on our website, uh, firstpersoninterview.com. So we're talking about Luke today. Um, we've talked about several very interesting things. Anything more we need to know about the man, Luke?
0: Well, isn't it interesting that two... Of the writers of the Gospels, were also companions of Paul. Hmm. Mark, right, is a companion of Paul, and Luke is a companion of Paul. And he actually, in the in the the book of Philemon, he mentions the two of them in one statement. Hmm. You know, mentions Luke and Mark in is one that statement. Only
1: Luke remains with me. What?
0: Well, it's Philemon twenty four. He says, "Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus sends you his greetings, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke." my fellow workers. So Demas and Luke, those are slaves, see? Yeah. And he refers to them as his fellow workers. Yeah. But- yeah. Um, Am I thinking of something else though where he says only
1: Luke remains with well, me? Well,
0: later on, I think Second Timothy, he talks about the fact that only Luke is with him, that everyone else had deserted him. And uh, the idea, I think, being that you know the trial hasn't gone well and, and he's going to be put to death yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. So Luke is kind of ever-present- yeah. And we, that tells us a lot about Luke. I mean, another thing, you know, ask yourself, okay, if, if you have traveled with Paul, how would you expect that to impact your understanding of the life of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. And so what do we find in the gospel of Luke? We find this big focus on the Gentile mission. Mm-hmm. You know, Simeon says, Jesus is a light to lighten the Gentiles. And and uh, Jesus tells these stories, and he really shouldn't. But Jesus will go into into synagogues and preach sermons, and his synagogue sermons are always about the fact that God reaches out to Gentiles before He reaches out to Jews, and it never goes well.
1: What is the portrait of Jesus we get from Luke?
0: Yeah, Luke uh, Luke gives us a picture of Jesus who is um, very intuitive. Uh, he is he is interested in marginalized people. Uh, he he really has come to turn the world upside down. Um, that that the theologians call it radical reversal. In order to be really rich, you let go of your money. In in order to become uh, a a really mature, you become a child. In order to be really free, you become a slave. This up that's this upside down uh, nature of the of the kingdom. And I think one of the reasons Luke is interested in that is that he's a slave and he's experienced sort of the, the marginal part of, 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 of life. And he's very interested in the fact that, that the people, really the major theme in Luke is, is that people who should understand Jesus never do, and people who really shouldn't always do. And you can go right through the Gospel of Luke and see these pairs of people. I think my favorite pair is the first pair, uh, uh, Zechariah, You know, Father John Mm -hmm. the Baptist. Okay, who's he? He's a priest. Mm -hmm. Where is he? He's in the holy place. (laughs) Who's he talking to? Gabriel. Does he get it? (laughs) No. No, he doesn't get it. How can I be sure about this? He shouldn't have said that. (laughs) The very next scene, the same angel, Gabriel, who is God's messenger, uh, he goes to Mary. Who's Mary? She's probably a 15-year-old girl in Nazareth, which is this little impoverished village, maybe 100 people. We have just found the first evidence of a first century dwelling in Nazareth. Hmm. And it's not that it wasn't there. It's just that it was like mud huts. It's just little, little shacks built over caves. Nazareth was, you know, can anything good come from Nazareth, that kind of thing? So Gabriel comes to her and tells her really a more unbelievable message, and Mary immediately believes. So the priest doesn't get it. No, no. But, but the, the little the girl, girl does. You know, and the rabbis would say, better that the law be burned than given to a woman. Hmm. Every time a man looks at a woman, he he inherits Gehenna. So women were very marginalized. But the women in Luke's gospel, you know, yeah, I, were, I want
1: to talk about that. Oh yeah, uh, and how Jesus treats women as well.
0: Yeah, the, he he has wonderful relationships with women. Women and and what you need to know is, for example, the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, and and the, the the evidence is right there. The details are right there. The the disciples come back with their food. And Luke is very clear, his disciples were surprised to find him talking to a woman. A woman, not a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. See, Galileans speak to Samaritans all the time. They go through Samaria all the time. Yeah, That's not the he's issue. Do business. But mm-hmm. Jesus is speaking to a woman. And in Jesus' day, men don't speak to women in public. Men don't speak their own wives in public. In fact, one rabbi divorced his wife for having the gall to speak to him in public. That's the world that Jesus is in. And so, I mean, people who say that you know somehow the Gospels are anti-woman just haven't done their homework. Yeah. Jesus is marvelously open and mar- marvelously sensitive to women. And I also like in the Gospels
1: in general, we get the idea, we get the, the, the teaching, the understanding that women supported Jesus.
0: Oh, It was the women who... And that's only Luke. Only but is Luke. it only Luke? That's only I Luke think that tells that. Okay. us that there's this group of women, and he gives us their name, names. And one of the women is the wife of of one of Herod's stewards and so the head of the
1: household kind
0: of thing right and yeah. but so what does that mean well that means that luke has spoken to eyewitnesses how does he know all this stuff that goes on in herod's house you know that herod had longed to see jesus and and the the interview when when uh, jesus is sent to herod well luke has spoken to the wife of the steward you know he probably knows this woman uh, t- for me one of the, uh, the the most interesting eyewitness facts you read the nativity of Luke, and Luke is really the only true nativity of Jesus. Uh, he knows what Mary is thinking. See, she treasured these things and pondered them. Where does he find that? He talked to her. He talked to Mary. We know that Luke was in Ephesus, and we believe that John took Mary to Ephesus. John dies in Ephesus, and the tradition is that Mary died there. So, I mean, how about that? The, 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 the nativity account that we have in the gospel of Luke is from Mary's point of view. Jesus, the the story of Jesus' 12-year-old in the temple, that's only in Luke. See, we got to ask ourselves, why is this only in Luke? So Luke was the originator of the first person program. Ah, Yeah, yeah, that, oh, exactly. (laughs) 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 Well, he spoke to eyewitnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Rich. This is eyewitness testimony. I love
1: that. Yeah. There's so much here, and in all the Gospels that we just we don't, we don't spend enough time. We don't interact with them enough, do
0: we? We don't. Well, you know, sometimes over-familiarity is a curse. You know, there's only one translation we read, whatever it is. I'm not arguing for one translation over another. I mean, I'm an NIV guy. And the problem with me, Wayne, is I usually know what the next verse is going to say. Right. So I think I know what it means. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I'm talking to my wife, you know, I know what she's going to say, right? <laughs> At least I think I know what she's going to say. Susan, if you're listening. <laughs> no, no. She she knows this. She knows this. You know, that's not a very good listener, someone who who assumes that yep. they know. Part of the way that all the gospel gospel writers write is that they say things that are really disturbing sometimes. And if you're not disturbed, you're not getting it.
1: I think I've asked you this question of each of the previous two Gospels as Uh we've had these conversations, but your favorite part of this book of Luke?
0: Uh, My favorite story. I think of all the Gospels, uh, including John, in 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 chapter seven. uh, There's that engagement that Jesus has with the Roman centurion in uh, uh, Capernaum, and when they've actually not long ago they did excavations and they found a Roman military camp. So there's the evidence for it. But this uh, this centurion uh, sends uh, the elders of the synagogue, and he's, he's built the synagogue for them uh, to ask if Jesus will heal his his slave. And the elders say, you need to do this because he deserves it. See, he built our synagogue, that sort of thing. and uh, And so Jesus goes, okay. So he's on his way to this guy's house. And the soldier thinks again, and he sends a couple of his friends to Jesus, and he says, I don't deserve it. Hmm. But I want you to do it anyway. And Luke says, Jesus is amazed. What is he amazed at? He's amazed that this man is willing to ask for what he knows he doesn't deserve. And that, it, that brings us to this idea of hesed, this the, the grace of God, the, the, the loving kindness of God. When the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. Jesus is amazed because this pagan soldier understands that God is the kind of God who is, who is happy to give us what we don't deserve. It, it, that's my favorite story. I love that story. And the sideline is this Roman soldier gives Jesus a little lecture on authority. I know, you know, I say to my servant, go and he goes and I you know, come and he comes and, and he goes, and you have it. I know, I understand authority and you've got it. So don't come to my house, just say the word. And Jesus goes, wow. Yeah, I love that story. And how we love all
1: the stories of Jesus we find in the Gospels, my thanks to Michael Card for leading us in a conversation about Luke here on First Person. Take the time to read Luke with these insights in mind, and then also get a copy of Mike's book, Luke, the Gospel of Amazement, the third book in his Gospel series. We'll place a link to the whole series at firstpersoninterview.com. In a couple of months, we'll be back to talk about the Gospel of John. Also, if you'd like to comment on this program or others in our series, please make use of our Facebook page. It's easy to find Facebook.com/slash first person interview. Each week this program is made possible with the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Please sign up for a complimentary online devotional from FEBC and learn more about this truly international radio ministry at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person.